Today's podcast is based on the true story of the New York Newsboys strike that became an inspirational tale on how kids, primarily orphan boys and street urchins, took on the publishing tycoons of 1899 and won. This is Casual History. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Hey, hey. It's good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah. How you How you been, man? Uh, good. Busy. <laughs> good, good. That's why are you good. asking about my personal hear. life? <laughs> yeah, why not? This is why we always started off very casual. Come on now. Yeah, very casual. That's a good. Very pun. casual. Yes, yes, exactly. No, things are busy. I'm good. Uh, I've been heavy in the crypto world lately. Oh yeah. Fun. Um. Not just because of the recent, I've been in it for a while now. Yeah, but not, not the Doge, not the Dogecoin. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> once you start seeing people post it on Facebook, this is not financial advice, but once you start no. seeing your friend of uncle's friend, Joey, post it on Getting, Facebook, yeah. the chart saying, oh my gosh, it's going to blow. I, I just think, okay, probably time to get out. If yeah, you're it's, in a, it. it's, it's old news at this point. Yeah, I just, I think I like Doge for the memes, but yeah, I'm not, me too. I mean, if you can make money off of it, great, like flip it, great, but yeah. I think the meme will, will subside soon, but. I, I think so too. I, I had the same feeling, but yeah, anyways. This is well, not good, a stock podcast, advice. but I can start <laughs> divvying up my stock advice because I got a little um, crypto world on Discord. Uh, we got a group of people where that's all we talk about and trade and um it's been cool so yeah i'm gonna have to do some reading up i i joined that earlier this week so i'll have to check that out i really haven't had time there's a lot going on but it's the future man it's the future but that's not why we're here it's not we're here about history we might be making history but yeah that's right we're gonna be talking about history okay so today's podcast jeffrey uh you want me to just jump right in i got a full-on setup for you well, uh, yeah, but, set me up. I saw the, I heard the intro. Yes. So I'm assuming this is going to be about um, those little boys on the corner street saying, paper, paper, read all about it. That's what I, that's <laughs> is, what is I'm it assuming. paper, paper, read all about it? I don't it? know what it is. What What's the saying? It's something like that, right? Uh, extra, extra. Extra, extra. That's what it is. Not yeah, paper, yeah, yeah, yeah. paper. You were close. You were close. I, I believed it. Um, that would have been yes, a great uh, Michael Scott Paper Company ad. Paper, paper, read all about it. And then you read that about really it on good. Michael Scott Paper. Yeah. We should submit that in. Yeah. We should send that to Steve Carell. That would be a good <laughs> idea. Anyway. But yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're going to be talking about um, how basically a bunch of homeless kids who used to sell newspapers just to make a living, like scraps, uh, selling newspapers took on two of the largest newspapers in the country hmm. uh, and won. And so I thought I'd get started on this. This is a very cool story. I hadn't heard of this. I ran across an article myself and was hmm. like, okay, this seems like where, where I'm headed next. Yeah. So uh, I might as well just get started. My preface here would be it's off of the back of uh, the Depression, right? The Great Depression? It's in, it's in 1899. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, my mindset put it during the Great Depression 
stage mm-hmm. of uh, no, but this did set a precedence for later on, which we'll get to uh, about the Great Depression and you know just child labor laws and things like that. Yeah, uh, we will speak on it all wasn't, of this. It wasn't the best to work Jimmy to death when he's only ten years old. So, um, <laughs> right, right. It's best not to leave you know Timmy nine years old out till four o'clock in the morning trying to sell his last newspapers because that's the only way he eats. You know, yeah, it's probably not great. But dang man, um, that 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 had to be a common thing right i mean what else did you do at that age when there was like you worked i don't like you probably had a bigger responsibility than you do now i mean 100 percent, you did in my opinion oh yes so yeah well i mean you were able to work at a way younger child labor laws really i guess were, weren't a thing it well, was no. just i mean you gotta help if you out. can make a living you do it yeah you know? yeah i mean which i, I can I, respect that I but respect also that. there is there is uh, a young age where I think that is not appropriate, but hey, yeah, this is history, you know. This is history. Who are we to judge? I, I guess we yeah, are. We're here to judge. <laughs> I don't know. I have I have mixed emotions, but I have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm studying yes, feelings okay. about that. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, In yeah, 1899, can you picture it, Jeffrey? 1899 in the streets of New York City. They were filled with voices of newsboys, extra, extra, you know, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, back then, newspapers were the only type of media in the city. Uh, they were the only way to get information that was going on, going on in the world. And there were two major newspapers sold, the New York World and the New York Journal. Uh, and these were owned by the two most powerful men in the city of New York, Joseph Pol- Pulitzer. <laughs> Pulitzer, I think is how it is. Uh, William Random Hearst is the second one. Uh, Newspapers usually were sold a penny a paper, as they would say. Yeah, talk about a different time. (laughs) Uh, But William Randolph Hearst and Joseph Pulitzer were two of the wealthiest media media moguls the turn of the 20th century. The two battled each other for the top spot, with Hearst pulling ahead in 1897 when his two New York papers topped 1.5 million in circulation. Both tycoons relied on the newsboys to, to distri- distribute their papers. Hmm. So they relied on all these children to sell their papers for them. It kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones. A little bit. You know, the whispers. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Explain. <laughs> oh, the whisper. <laughs> like, wait. So, how? <laughs> for those who haven't watched, there's a character in the show um, who has spies, little birds, I think he calls them. Ah. Uh, and they're just yes. all these little kids that were, yeah, you know, misfortunate and uh, poor and mm-hmm. kind of just lived throughout the city and reported back their um, spy. information he turned them into spies yeah (laughs) he turned them into spies for the country basically he ran his whole operation if the kids had a strike he wouldn't be able to be effective in his job so i assume Mm. we're we're going somewhere similar with these group of kids (laughs) with these paper Uh, a little paper industry uh here let me tell you about these newsboys uh the newsboys were mostly made up of poor orphans and runaways uh they slept on the streets of new york with no place to go no families to see uh, the only way they made money was from selling newspapers throughout the streets of New York. Uh, in addition, all the money they earned from selling newspapers is the money they used to purchase important needs for survival. And they had also to store some of their money so they could pay for more newspapers to sell the next day. So right. they would have to buy them wholesale and then try to sell them at an up cost. Yeah. Uh, to make money. 
it's kind of like with those people who who uh like when you're at a festival or you're doing some sort of event downtown like like in a city and they're selling oh, do- yeah, handing water out bottles yeah or water bottles for a dollar you buy a pack for 10 yeah. that has 20 in it and you, you sell for a dollar there you go that's exactly. called economics <laughs> Except for except for with news and important information, since you know emailing, internet things were not around. Yeah. Uh, so these news newsboys needed to be very persuasive so they could sell more papers. Therefore, if a newsboy did not sell enough papers, they would not be able to sell more papers the next day, which meant they couldn't eat or get any important needs for their survival. So it, it yeah. was all left on them selling these newspapers. Yeah. Uh, so, in 1899, the newsies were one of the enviable positions being virtually irreplaceable. As people began to live further from their jobs and ride home instead of walk, the boys became the paper's major distri- uh, distribution you know, system. Uh, the event that led to their strike was the wholesale price increase from $0.05 cents to $0.06 cents per 10 papers. Hmm. Man, we're talking about cents, man. Uh, it's a lot of money back then. Yes. Uh, that the journal and the world had instituted the year before. So they just done a hike. Uh, and at the height of the Spanish-American War circulation boom. So that's why they raised the prices because people were wanting the information. Yeah. Um, as long as the boys were making money, um, they did not protest. But they sold papers for a penny and... Though they got nothing back on these papers they could not sell, returns were low. By the summer of 1899, however, as the news grew tamer and the headlines shrank, they began to feel the pinch. And it was apparent that the temporary increase would become permanent unless they did something about it. So that sets up this whole scene. Yeah, just a bunch of uh, uh, stricken kids with an empty pocket and hungry stomach. Made a change to the newspaper industry forever. That's but your we're headline, talking Jake. about. We're talking about yeah, like millionaires, right? Yeah, like rich, rich media moguls against homeless, um, struggling nine to fourteen year olds. Well, well, Jacob. Every industry, like if you if you lose any company, if you if you have a group of people, is always going to be stronger than the one person running it. Unless you can oh, fill those sure. jobs. And, and I like, you're not going to fill that job. <laughs> like you're 10 right. cents reselling probably isn't the most, that's the reason why those kids were drawn to it. Cause it's probably their only source of, you know, means to make something. So if you built it exactly. on that, but it is, it is kind of a David and Goliath's kind of story. Yeah. I guess financially, especially like thinking about like when you're 14, when I was 14, like that's the oldest, <laughs> When we were 14, do you think we could have taken on some millionaire with all the power and influence in the world to do as he wished? You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's a big deal. If you, can't, if you couldn't deal. hire someone to do my position, you betcha. If, if I'm right. the only one taking this guy's job offer, you better <laughs> concede to what I deserve, you know? So, well, um, I, you I'm just with wait because it's about to go guys. down. Okay. Uh, All right, so it was a normal day for the people of New York City, or so as they thought it would be, came with some surprises. This was the day when everything changed. Uh, Pulitzer and Hearst got together and agreed they wanted to earn more money. So they threw out different ideas, such as cutting salaries of people working in factories, which would mean they would let people go. 
uh, and even fire people whose jobs weren't that important until they finally came up with the idea to raise the taxes that the newsboys pay for newspapers. Hmm. Uh, they made it official, raised the prices on the newspapers from 50 cents to 60 cents. The newsboys could hardly pay for the newspapers at the price it already was. Um, the first reported actions took place in Long Island City, where the newsies discovered that a journal delivery man had been cheating them with short bundles. Um, so on July 18th, they tipped over his wagon, ran off with his papers, and chased him out of town. <laughs> nice. Uh, flush with success, the boys demanded a price rollback and notified their suppliers that they would no longer buy Hearst or Pulitzer papers. Uh, so word traveled swiftly through downtown Manhattan newsies in City Hall Park on July 19th. They organized their union and announced a strike. Dang. Um, yeah. So there's there's one uh, 11-year-old newsie that is quoted as in saying, all the cops are busy. There was also another strike going on at the same time, which has made it very... Um, advantageous for their strike. There was, I think there was like a race car strike. We'll get more into it further on huh. at the same time. So it was kind of like the perfect time for them to strike as well. Uh, so on July 22nd, a hundred club wielding boys rallied in newspaper row to greet the world and journal wagons. <laughs> uh, police scattered them, but at the Columbus circle, the drivers met a mob of nearly 500 more howling lads who pelted them with fruit and seized their papers. Nice. So they were, they were not joking around. This was not like some small event. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine seeing kind of terrifying uh, 500 dirty children <laughs> just like waiting to like destroy your stuff. And you're like, what is happening? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I assume dirty, you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd say that. That's <laughs> you a just put a whole lifestyle on the, <laughs> on the, <laughs> I know I did. It's my it's bad. Okay. Maybe they were very clean and well kept. They no, probably but having, had their own little To be honest with running. you, having 500 to a thousand, um, pre, I guess <laughs> going through pre, pre puberty, <laughs> Um, homeless kids is terrifying. Probably going to be a, a scene. So, yeah, it's a horror movie for sure. Waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in so in Brooklyn, uh, Yonkers, Jersey City, and other distribution points, uh, the scenario was much the same. The mighty Hearst and Pulitzer were under siege by an army of urchins with names like Boots McAllen, Kids Kid Blink. Young Mush, Crutchy Morris, Racetrack Higgins, and Bob the Indian. What awesome <laughs> fucking Crutchy names Morris. are those? I, I'll take Crutchy Morris. <laughs> you get Mushy. What was the other one? Crutchy mushy? Morris. Uh, Young Mush. Young Mush. Racetrack you. Higgins. I like Racetrack Higgins, man. Okay. Boots be- McAllen sounds like you're a badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Crutchy? I just said it. Crutchy. Yeah, it was Crutchy Morris. Cr- Crutchy Morris, okay. These From are now actual on, names. I want to be referenced as Crutchy Morris kids. throughout this podcast, please. I feel like we need nicknames because these are all awesome. And <laughs> if these kids in the 1800s have them, why can't we have them? Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, these are real, those are real nicknames. Um, now, Kid Blink was known to be an appealing kid. Um, he happened to have one eye. And the other eye was a patch. He was blind in one eye. Yeah. Uh, 
Kid the Blake's eye, no, no, real no, no, name. <laughs> the other eye was huh? just a straight patch. You gonna skip over that? No, I was going to, but then I I, I wouldn't let it slide. So I want to make fun of you. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's a style choice. <laughs> I just want to be clear. His eye is a patch. It's just cloth. He's got a cloth eye. It's. He has he has no eye, just cloth. Yeah, he was born Sorry. that way. I had to point that uh, out. Go yes. ahead, go for it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, <laughs> Kid Blink's real name was Lewis Ballot. Not as cool. Not as cool. I will say that. Uh, he was the known leader of the Newsboys during the strike, and sources guessed that Kid Blink was about thirteen or fourteen years old. So he was a leader. Wow. Uh, so a, a bunch of the other kids were a lot younger than he was. Yeah. Which I again like the fact I haven't heard this story is pretty insane, but uh, it kind of oh. makes sense. But it definitely sounds like a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I mean, we say that about a lot of a lot of stories, but it feels like it should be. It definitely does. They have the names. They have the story. They have the motive. You know, good guys versus bad. Just don't let what's his name direct it. Uh, shoot, <laughs> the guy who did Transformers. If you're gonna insult someone, you might as well name him. <laughs> <laughs> it's the guy who did Transformers. That's all I could think of. Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Michael Bay? <laughs> Just some random Michael oh, dude, Bay slander. I'm sorry. Sorry for any of those Michael Bay fans out there. Oh man, <laughs> uh, Michael. You don't like Michael Bay, man? I mean, no one came Ninja here to Turtles, hear me slander the guy, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> 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 well damn there goes our sponsorship okay well <laughs> uh the striking newsboys attacked newspaper wagons throwing fruit and sealing papers to prevent scabs from selling them so okay in but long that island sounds, city sounds like a lot of wasted fruit for for kids that are probably hungry don't you think yeah, right that is that is a good point that seems Where like an unreasonable thing to throw <laughs> Were they, did they harass a couple of like fruit stand guys? And they were like, <laughs> maybe not, they took it by force. No, I'm not, I'm not saying they stole it, Jake. That's pretty, that's reaching for I, these kids. Sorry. I didn't say stole it. <laughs> what you said. And 500 kids came up to you and was like, give us all your fruit. And it's just you. What are you going to do? I'm not saying I wouldn't give it to him. But what I am saying okay. is it seems like a wasted dinner opportunity for throwing food at people i just where did it's also a lost art why don't we do that anymore like if you're it at, is a lost art if you're at a comedy store like the one downtown like you're not yeah gonna throw don't you wish food. people threw tomatoes more yeah. at, like people like live performers i think we'd clean Man. up the industry a, a lot i think we'd really <laughs> whittle out the week you know yeah, we we would run all the bad talent out of town for sure. <laughs> the oversaturation that the internet has caused, which is a bit what trolling is. I don't like trolling. Sure. But I think that's you don't the like modern, trolling? I think that's the modern day throwing tomatoes. You know? Mm, if you get trolled yeah. online, there's a difference between trolled and hate, but Yeah. Trolling is a bit of that banter that I feel like every society needs a check and balance, and that's the little <laughs> bit of the internet balance of throwing tomatoes. So Oh boy. What platform are you running for next election, Jeff? Oh, you know, <laughs> just wait till I'm 30. You have to be 32? No, 40. <laughs> the, just imagining you on a podium being like, we have to throw fruit at people again. <laughs> no, I'm going to. We have to I come pro together. <laughs> <laughs> pro troll. Um, oh, my God. No, I, that uh. sounds bad. Don't troll me now. Well, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> You don't care? Are you sure? I can okay. handle it. 
All right. Well, anyways, to get back to the story, uh, in Long Island City, Newsies tipped over the delivery wagon and sold its papers, um, but the striking boys did set standards. While they tossed buckets of water on newsstand owners who refused to support the strike, which, man, dick move, but, man, that's effective. <laughs> um, leader Kid Blink promised they would refrain from dousing women. And his quote is, a feller don't soak a lady. So that, that's an actual quote, yes. Uh, that's what Kid Blink told his followers. He's, a, he's inspiring, <laughs> awe-inspiring leader. <laughs> Our simp leader. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was worth mentioning. He's, what happened to him? Because uh, he's the next great well, Lincoln. I know, the next, the next beacon. I don't know what happened to Kid Blink after this. We'll have to find out. But... um. I want to look so up the now. news. The newspaper boys also appealed to pu- the public directly, uh, de- declaring themselves the Newsboys Union and passing a resolution which said, "Please don't buy the World or Journal because we refuse to sell these papers until some satisfactory terms can be reached." The World and Journal demanded arbitration for the striking railroadmen, but why don't they arbitrate the Newsboys? Do you have any sympathy with us? Help us to boycott these papers by not reading them. Take out your advertisements as no one sells these papers. No one will be able to see them. Hmm. So they were making a very strong case. Uh, Yeah, but they were. And also, apparently, the thing about like not like (laughs) dousing a lady was also like a good public relations thing. They were yeah. like, yeah, we're, we're going to go really far and like destroy property and stuff, but also we're not going to disrespect you because this is for a purpose. Yeah, you keep the so message it clean. Their, keep the message clean. Yeah, it helped their image. Good PR. Yeah, exactly. Way to go, Blink. Um, What's the kid's name, Blink? Kid Blink. Kid Blink, right. way to go, Kid Blink. <laughs> yeah, so the striking boys advised the public to buy other papers to give us a chance to make a living. Uh, including the Evening Sun, Telegram, and Daily News. Yeah. Um, man, we have lots of quotes in this whole thing, uh, which I was surprised by. Yeah. But one quote from a Brooklyn newsie named Spot McAllen, another great name, <laughs> was this. <laughs> this is going to sound really funny because it's kind of like an oldish terms, but it was like, hold out, my gallant kids. He cheered on his Manhattan comrades as tomorrow I myself at the head of these 3000 noble hearts from Brooklyn will be over here to help you win your noble scrap for freedom and fair play. Nice. Uh, yeah. So in July of 1899, the strike significantly disrupted New York's newspaper business to say the least. Um, the editor of the New York world wrote to Joe Pulitzer warning the newsboy strike has grown into a menacing affair. Uh, yeah, the newspapers defended uh, on underpaid child laborers to distribute their papers. That's who they depended on. Uh, these newspaper tycoons immediately felt the results. As the world, um, the paper slashed their press runs from 360,000 papers a day to only 125,000 a day. Mm. So like in a third. Yeah. Which is very significant. Yeah. Um, it's a big hit. Yeah. It's a, definitely a big hit. Hit them in their wallet, uh, boys, and they're listen. They're going to listen. I know. That's right. Got to hit them in the wallet. That's the only way they're going to listen, boys. Um, so, uh, the news, news boys strike stands out since children organized it. 
And despite their young age, the Newsies were well-coordinated with a group of 5,000 newsboys, and they met in Irving Hall to state their demands next. So they're they're doing all the right things here. Yeah. Uh, Putting the pressure on these companies and these big moguls, like they are doing what they're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. which is very interesting again, like, cause I'm thinking of myself at that age. Uh, I don't know if I could have came up with that, uh, compelling of a strategy, but also you probably had to grow up, uh, a little bit faster. Yeah. All these kids are 14 and 10, 11, 12, but they're, Oh yeah. A lot older internally. Yeah. And they've been working. Yeah. You've been, you've probably, they've gone through a lot more than just the average 14 year old who is lucky enough to live in a house and, have electricity and watch TV for fun. <laughs> so definitely, definitely. Um, I know it just, it's still it's like, it just kind of blows my mind to think about that. Yeah. Just me at me at, you know, 10 to 14, mm-hmm. um, thinking to be a part of something so big, but you're right. The experience, the world experience is completely different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jeffrey, would you like to take a, a break right now we before can- we get to the epic hall? But now debate? what? Oh, would I? I I need to oh, would you? I need to grab a sip of uh coffee and we'll get <laughs> back too. going. All right, we'll be right back. All right, where were we, Jeffrey? We were just <laughs> listening to that beautiful ad for Valley Prince, weren't Good. we? Good. I was out yeah we were we were but like where were we in the story i'm just making sure you're paying attention do you remember well yeah the <laughs> it just happened 30 <laughs> seconds ago jake if i'm if i'm a oh, listener yeah. they didn't take the two hour long break we just took <laughs> they didn't you're right <laughs> uh no f- f- okay we didn't take a two hour long break so that's a lie well, um, we might I, have. You I, I remember where know. we're at we're, we're at the point where the kids um start went to you mentioned a hall to state the demands. They cut the, the <laughs> right. price of uh, basically the printing uh, facilities are only putting out a third compared to what they were. Um, 5,000 kids. Um, the kid blank <laughs> is the leader. <laughs> then all inspiring leader. Um, that's, a, that's exactly right. Yeah. I'm thinking exactly up what right. you're putting down. <laughs> but yes, they all met all 5,000 of them met in Irving Hall to state their demands. Irving Hall, um, that's what uh, it was. In front of the public. So, led by their charismatic newsy Kid Blink, <laughs> trying to win over public it. support. I love it. I know, I'm loving the nicknames, man. I really want one. Um, at least 5,000 newsies gathered to attack the tycoons. During a rousing speech, Kid Blink targeted the news tycoons directly. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue with the quote from this speech. Um <laughs> it's going to sound really weird out of my mouth because it's written very funny. But uh, Conviction. You got this. Yeah, you ready? Ain't that 10 cents worth as much to us as it is to Hearst and Pulitzer who are millionaires? Well, I guess it is. If they can't spare it, how can we? I'm just trying to figure out how 10 cents on 100 papers can mean more to a bil- millionaire than it does to the newsboys. I can't see it. Um. The strike proved that the newsboys were indispensable. Without them, the papers could not make money, especially since home delivery had yet to exist, and there were only a few newsstands compared to how many readers there were. Uh, Once the tycoons realized the newsboys' powers, they both agreed to negotiate. 
Um, no negotiations. Yeah. <laughs> no peace. Never be peace. Um, <laughs> uh, so the Newsboys strike of 1899 dragged on for the rest of July. Uh, in August, with a respected paper suffering from huge drops in sales, William Randolph Hearst and Joseph Pulitzer agreed to a negotiation with the boys. Originally, the Newsies wanted a reduction in the price of a bundle of 100 papers, which, increased, which was increased from 50 cents to 60 cents in, eight, uh, in 1898. But the negotiated victory turned out to be better than a price reduction. Hmm. The World and Journal agreed to a larger, unprecedented demand. The Newsies could return unsold papers for a full refund. So, instead of having to sell past midnight to make a profit, the boys could resell the papers back to the publishers, protecting them against a loss. Wow. Yeah, so this helped them out greatly. Um, the Newsies agreed, and on August 2nd, 1899, they returned to selling papers. Wow. So, yeah, what an insane story. Uh, and obviously they made a Broadway, you know, musical play about this i didn't know um, is that what oh my god that's what the newsies so, are man i'm so ignorant that's funny <laughs> yeah Just no put two I, and two together me too yeah I, i'm sorry i thought i assumed that you knew that but I no did, yeah I, that's this is kind no of clue that this is where it came from loose inspiration yes for wow. a broadway play um yeah so in conclusion uh, just kind of like the recap is like, how did an army of urchins beat two of the richest tycoons in history? Well, they controlled, how? they controlled the, the supply, my man. If you can, exactly. like I said, if the people, the 5,000 are always stronger than one. If you're, if you're the one who's working for the one, like, and what's you, the, uh, what's the, um, <laughs> bugs life quote. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if one of us stands up to us, what, oh God, I, uh, what I are you trying to, what movie is this from? <laughs> Bugs, bugs life a bugs life oh a bugs life yeah. oh i thought you said do bugs you remember Bunny? when when hopper speaking to his friends where he's like they outnumber us a hundred to one if they figure that out then there goes our way of life exactly <laughs> yeah that's what exactly. yep the evil yep. evil grasshopper said yep that's right it's not about food it's about keeping those ants in line that's exactly what, <laughs> that's what exactly. this is wow <laughs> they were I really trying to movie. throw some subtle you know, stick it to the man quotes in there. They definitely were. There's some good quotes out of those movies, man. There's some, there's some gold you can mine out of that. So a little bit of distrust in the, in the running elite. (laughs) Well, just it will, to me, it just speaks of a message of unity. Like together people can do anything. Like that's kind of, that's one way to take it. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the positive side of the pod. Uh, I'm Jacob, your host. That's great. <laughs> Listen, there's good stuff to be taken out of those contexts, you know, too. I, I still think the stick it to the man is a great context that, you know, hey, these, if a few control the masses, the masses can definitely shift. It's kind of yeah. like what happened with GME, you know, the few that controlled the stock market got rattled by just a group of people, the mass majority of people online that decided yeah. to do something. So, exactly, which is a great example. That is a great example of real world. Uh, of that Newsies happening again, 2.0, but, yeah. but for the, for the stock market. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So how could kids with names like young mush, crutchy Morrison, kid blink and racetrack Higgins take on the system and win? Um, 
The Newsboys benefited from three factors. First, the larger Brooklyn streetcar strike. So there was a, another strike going on at the same time. It distracted the police. Um, secondly, the boys targeted the weak point in the newspaper's profits, which was distribution. Um, and finally, the boys understood the value of public relations, which is, again, mind-blowing at that young age. But they encouraged supporters to buy rival papers. Um, these dailies, in turn, published flattering stories about the strike. Hmm. Um, the newsboys vowed to never soak a lady and only resorted to targeted violence to decry the unjust way of the press. Yeah. They also appealed to the millions of customers whom they interacted with on a daily basis. So these people, they, they knew them intimately because they sold papers to them on a daily basis. Yeah. Like who are you going to side with your buddy or some rich millionaire you don't know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's no real the sides boys, here. It's just the kids were getting screwed. Like, <laughs> there's yeah, no real side. Yeah. It's like this, these kids were not making money. They're homeless. Like, how are you not going to go? Well, yeah. Why aren't you getting paid? Well, I mean, I mean, um, the idea of anybody, again, if with no context of kids vandalizing people's livelihoods as well, like the people that are selling those stands uh, are trying to make a living, probably have families. Um, you know, like the stuff that they're destroying, right? Like that is, that could be viewed as negative to some people who don't have any context I mean, to what's going on. I mean, they threw some fruit, you know, I think everyone will live. <laughs> if yeah. that's the you extent know, of it, I, I obviously don't know the full extent, but if, if you're just throwing fruit and, you know, tipping some stuff over, I think you're probably okay. No, they're, uh, they literally like would go to newspaper stands and pour water all over all their stock, like all the newspapers. So oh. they were ruined. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I missed that point. So you're t- so yeah, so like that's what they meant by "don't soak a lady" is they would go and ruin newspaper stands by pouring water over all the merchandise huh. and strike. But like you know what I mean, like those people that were running those stands have families too. Yeah, and if if you're taken out of context and you don't know them or you know you don't know what's happening, you just see you know kids being unruly and like you know hurting other people. Mm. You could take that negatively, but they decided to. Like, again, they knew how to work the system that they were already in and they had advantages and they used them as leverage. Yeah. Which is brilliant. And it seems simple, but I'm sure in the moment to these kids, it wasn't that simple, you know, like in, in like making it a reality. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty crazy story. Um, Definitely takes some organization. Like you have to be organized. Uh, The newsboys didn't merely win the war against Joseph Pulitzer and William Randolph Hearst. Their strike brought attention to the plight of child workers as well. Many of the newsboys featured in the articles about the strike were poor or homeless. They often jumped trolley cars to cover more ground and stayed out late to sell papers. Before the rise of child labor protections, children across the country worked in unsafe conditions to scrap together a few nickels and dimes. Um, Less than a decade after the strike, Photographer Lewis Hine took pictures of the Newsies and other young workers as a part of the National Child Labor Committee's effort to end child labor. Uh, Progressive push for restrictions on child labor, successfully raising the nation's working age during the Great Depression. So, see, that all comes back to your first comment because you are right on the money. Um, Yeah, so basically this whole podcast, just in conclusion, this strike shows that no matter how old you are, what you look like, how popular, 
how popular you are, popular, um, <laughs> where you come from, you can still make a big difference in this world if you put your mind to it and make it happen. Yeah. So it's a, it's a positive story of people coming together for the right thing and making it happen. When people work together, you can do a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's a so feel I thought good, it was a really good story a good to share. Podcast. It's like, uh, yeah, it's happy. <laughs> yeah. Happy ending good? to the history m- moment. A couple... A couple billionaires, you know, got it handed to them. That's a good podcast. I think so. I think so, too. But, yeah, so I thought this was a really interesting story uh, and had a lot of fun researching this because I did not know this was a real thing. But here we are, and you learn something new every day. So I hope you guys have learned something as well. Uh, if there's something I miss on this, please uh, go ahead and tweet at us or DM us on any of our social medias at casual X history. Um, let me know what I missed. And if there are things that you, I didn't cover that I needed to for more context, Yeah, because I'm sure there's a lot more to the story than this, but uh, I thought this was really cool. Yeah. I want to also shout out. Um, we've had a few people send us some great messages. I don't know if you've seen them, Jake. Um, I was on. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. I was on there the other day. It kind of made me really happy to, to see. I, I have been off social media. So Jacob has been running everything from the last yes. couple weeks, maybe a month or so. So I got on to, I think two days ago and saw a nice message from a casual historian who um, was suggested <laughs> another that. pirate uh, podcast, which I definitely want to do. And maybe I'll do it I'm, next time. I'm all for it. <laughs> maybe we just do st- <laughs> well I'll, i might We're do big. it i might do it uh next week because he provided some good context on it um and uh it got me really interested he he, i think he's had two lines of what this pirate does and some of the mystery around some lost treasure still and i was like i'm i'm yeah. in. i'm like take me <laughs> now so yeah man we are we are a pirate podcast man we uh <laughs> <laughs> what if our focus was i love only pirate on stories man <laughs> <laughs> I love that pirates existed and that, oh, I mean, that's, you know, bold statement, but I, I like that pirates existed. It's such a cool, like, it just feels adventurous yeah. and like really awesome and uh, fun to talk about. So I'm, I'm all for it, man. Well, if I bring it in I'm next week, it. Um, it might be a, a, another pirate podcast next week. Um, so be prepared. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm good for that. I do also just want to mention here at the end, uh, just a, a, a Quiet, subtle thank you <laughs> to everyone yeah. who's listened. Uh, we've seen a, a pretty steady rise in just general um, listeners and engagement. So uh, I want to make that a point to note that it doesn't go unnoticed and that we really appreciate um, you caring to listen. It's something we do yeah. for fun. We enjoy it. It's a passion project, really. Um, we we knew st- We started this a year ago thinking... I mean, hey, first of all, how many times have you yeah. ever heard from friends? Let's start a podcast. So it's not it's <laughs> everybody not during the pandemic. Yeah, it's not something that's unheard of. But for us, we really just got enjoyment out of it and we still do. And so we're we plan on continuing until we don't get enjoyment out of it anymore. Um, so yeah. the fact that and there's we, people we had no expectations cool. going in, man. Yeah, we had no expectations. And so this has surpassed everything and hope to continue to grow. And thank you guys for spreading this around to anybody or recommending this. If you're recommending this to anybody, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it truly does mean the world to like be a part of something that we have so much fun just making uh, between us. Yeah. 
So and I think it's really great. We're learning as we go. We've get we're getting a clear idea of kind of where our direction is, how to speak about certain topics, how to arrange these podcasts, really everything about it. It's, it was a new concept for us um, that we weren't used to. So I, I always want to reiterate for the 100%. people who are new, if you've made it this far, I probably should have said this at the top, but as more people get involved, <laughs> we probably have to, I want to reiterate kind of our theme and kind of what we're about. We, um, we really just enjoy retelling moments of history that we ourselves find interesting. And hopefully by us, either going over articles or stories or um, putting together pieces of information. You guys learn something um, like today with the, the, the strike. I had no idea that happened. Um, and we switch off every week and that's kind of our plan right now. And uh, yeah, just thank you for sticking with us. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Jake. Well, any other last tidings and farewells? <laughs> I don't think so. I hope everybody's doing well. Stay safe. You know, wash your hands with Germex, uh, you know. Yep. But uh, other than that, just have a good one. And thank you guys for listening. All right. We'll see you guys next week. 